And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 115 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Welcome back. Welcome back. You? I know if I say that, I can always get you to sing Welcome Back, Connor. You can. I mean, I'm a sucker. <laughs> that yeah. uh, everyone have a good week this week? Uh, it was a long week, but it was good. Everyone Nothing. have a better week than the previous oh, week this yeah, week? That would, that would be a safe statement. Yeah. It's been a weird week. The holidays in the middle of the week just are—it's too much. They throws everything off. I could get used to having Wednesdays off always, but not as like a holiday. But maybe not as yeah. a holiday, right? Yeah. Yes, it, it has done wonderful things for traffic around Atlanta the last it couple of days. It did do though. wonderful things. <laughs> That's true. You are That's true. Right. I guess I haven't been fighting for subways as much. Yeah. That's fair. Instead, you've just had random strangers changing in your hallway. Yeah, and a hundred degree weather, and we're in the time period where I go, "What the hell did I move to New York City?" <laughs> so, and it's not like a superhero changing cl- outfits in the hallway, right? No, it's like random drunk people in oh, my hallway. Okay. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. And I can't even claim that's New York City because I have random shit happen to me when I lived in Atlanta too. So. <laughs> Apartments are just weird. It's it's a bigger city, though. I would say that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so do we want to talk about comics? It was a big week this week. It was a big week. We I would talk s- about comics? I would say not as dark as last week. No. But some couple, a couple of big things happened. Yeah. Mercifully, much less dark than last yeah. week, I would say. Yeah, that was yes. definitely true. Yes. I'm, Brian, have you heard the ranting about how you guys had a dark week and then we read like one of the most depressing books for Animorphs? I heard that was going <laughs> to happen. I have not uh, listened to that episode yet. So. Oh, it's not out yet. It's all good. Okay. I just was curious if that rant. Uh, yeah, but I did hear day. something about that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Suffice it to say, uh, that was not the book I wanted to turn around and read <laughs> right after all those comics. Yeah. No. Okay, Batman. Happy, upbeat book in which everybody gets married and there's a happy ending and... (laughs) But not. I was... Okay, it's a good thing I read this, like, first or, you know, early in getting my comics this week and had a couple of days to uh, process because I was... I was real salty when I finished reading this book. (laughs) Yes, Brian messaged me. Brian was... Like a planter's mixed nut container. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yes, oh. indeed. Uh, I, I was. I was not happy that they did not get married. Um, I, I guess we're just not calling spoilers for this either. Really, oh, that's yeah. on I me mean, for facetiously. Can you talk about? Uh, yeah. Can you talk about this issue? When not? Like how? I don't. That's the whole. I mean, you can. There are things you there can are things. say. You're right. We're just not going sure. to. No, we'll, we'll say those also, but. Like, yeah, so. Yeah. 
Um, I will say this. I'm only in volume four. So that's what I'm in War of Jokes and Riddles. And you don't need whatever happens between to understand this issue, which is nice. But goddamn. This made me angry. You don't need to understand the issue, but I will tell you this. There are going to be things you'll hit, especially in what comes right after War of Jokes and Riddles, that will probably gut you in context. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, and I'm still going to read it. Like I'm I'm loving this run. But all the solidified, and I think I ranted very little about this when I read it last night, but like nobody's died in this series. Nothing seems to have like any major consequences. And then, oh yeah, again, there's not a wedding. Like there's no commitment to anything in what I've read so far, it feels like. Well, and I think... This is why I hate superhero comics. (laughs) I... I think Brian and I are both very vocally went on record as not wanting the wedding to not happen. Correct. Um, I think I was probably bothered the least by this issue because for me, it did a couple of things. One, one, I think it was well foreshadowed and it kind of built off of what, what maybe we were already picking up on and being worried about it not happening, which is why I think why we were worried. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it also, I think does give some of the previous 49 issues for me, at least a little more weight because it redefines them not as being about superhero stakes, but about personal stakes and Batman's mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Batman's mental health is very questionable yeah. in all of this and um, the entire run. So, so I will kind of roll back just a little bit. So I got through about the first half to three fourths of this book uh-huh. and was absolutely in love with it. Yes. Yeah. Like it, it is so literally is a, it, every other double page is a letter from Bruce to Selena and from Selena to Bruce. Yeah. Like there's a very specific cyclical structure here, yes. which is two pages of Batman getting ready, two pages of Catwoman getting ready, right. a page of like pinup art by famous Batman artists doing an important moment from their history mm-hmm. with Batman letter and another pinup with Catwoman letter. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember when we talked about this in solicitations, I was like, what's going on? Cause they were like, yeah, there were like 30 different creator teams yeah. listed. And, and I, I think I like, said probably what? just a bunch of pinups, but yeah. I didn't expect them to be part of it. Right. And, yeah. and I thought this was a very cool way to do it, to get that different art and that tribute kind of stuff in there, but make it part of the story. I thought that was truly, truly wonderful. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah. And then we started getting to the closing of the letters and I started going, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say this for the letters, too. I think I was probably one of the those. I don't remember who, which of us complained about it back in I Am Suicide <laughs> and the letters. My dear Selena. <laughs> but it yes. kind of it, it kind of earns those it, yeah, for me. It does. Like. That he's brought it back and made it a part of their relationship. Maybe, maybe it would have been nice to have seen them at least one other time. But it kind of, it kind of earns those for me. At least shows me there was some planning there and that there was some yeah. intentionality to them. Now, I will say, having had a couple of days to to consider and think about this and everything <laughs> else, especially given, and this I will not not say, but especially given the information that we get on the very last page yes. of this. Um, 
I, I do have complete and total faith in Tom King, and I believe this is going to be something that has to happen for the bigger story that he is yes. telling. And I don't think it means like long term forever, like the end of their yeah. relationship. Well, I think this is a great example of a very organic story beat that got swept up in a marketing cycle. For obvious reasons. I will tell you, I think probably the biggest problem I have with it, or not, not probably not the biggest problem, one of the big problems I have with it is that it literally came a week after X-Men Gold number 30. A <laughs> couple of weeks, but yeah. Which felt like it did almost the exact same kind of thing. Yeah, and I really wonder if X-Men Gold had not been announced as this big wedding event. Right. Would the marketing on this have gotten so big? Yes. And it's not just marketing. It's like there are 50-something variants for this, most of which are some iteration on Selena in her dress, Mm -hmm. which the worst thing thing to me about them not getting married is it's a waste of a wonderful dress. Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful dress. (laughs) Uh, Do we want to talk about what we get sort of signaled going forward, sort of the the last page of the explanation of what Tom King's run maybe really is. Yeah, and I would almost Before consider that, that to be more spoilery than yeah. the fact Before that... Before that, can we talk about him asking Alfred to be his witness? Because yes. oh I can't God. even look at this page without tearing up. No joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was like... like I, I made some noise and my son was like, what? And I like showed him the page <laughs> and he was like... Oh, <laughs> like I had to put the comic down and just was like, I'm not gonna cry. I totally cried, but <laughs> it's just the moment they said two witnesses, it was like Alfred has to be there. Like I will, I would have stopped reading if Alfred hadn't been asked because there's nobody else is important. Well, specifically the life. way that Alfred <laughs> just assumes that it's gonna be it's gonna be Clark, Clark or, or Dick, Dick, right? right. Like, do you want me to call one of them? Da, da, da. And he's like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just love them so much. Yeah. Anything, anything Alfred is always, almost always going to be my favorite thing. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was a wonderful, wonderful, all like all the fields, all of them. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like, I forgive the issue for pulling the whole, they're not getting married because it, it has been foreshadowed and whatever. And, but that page is worth it enough. This yes. comic is fine. I think now we should talk about what I consider to be the spoilers of the book. Yes. Okay. And yeah, I said I said there were two things this yeah. issue did for me. Getting into this will give us the other thing, which is it sets both kind of retroactively what this has been about, but also generally a direction going forward. Yeah. So so now I spoilers. Yeah. Hardcore spoilers. Hardcore. Yeah. What happens on the last page, Alex? Uh, Holly returns to Arkham, Holly, who Selina had busted out as her witness, mm-hmm. and reports back to her boss, Bane, that everything has gone according to plan, and you get the shot of Bane, and basically everyone who's kind of maneuvered Batman and Catwoman into this, and then back out of it again. Yeah, like, it's kind of everyone that he has fought in the last six yeah. arcs not even fought like and this is the oh, weird yeah, one right. that we'll get explanation oh, yeah, on later that i can't even begin to explain how how right now but like 
Flashpoint Thomas Wayne is there. Yeah. Who shouldn't exist anymore. Gotham Girl is there. Which, that yeah, one's not one as... that's surprising. That one's not as far a jump for me, though, because she's been in Arkham. Right. They used Psycho Pirate's mask to... To chill her, her out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, there's definitely an, an easy thread to see in how that could have worked. That literally that goes back to issue one yeah. of yeah. Tom King. Yeah. Well, and I have a theory that goes back to issue five on all this, too. So yeah. we'll get there in a second, though. Okay. Um, I did find it a little interesting that... I don't know why, just kind of a... That he had uh, Riddler and Joker standing next to each other. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking that still probably wouldn't happen. Probably. <laughs> like they may be, they may be on the same side and support this or whatever. They're still not gonna like each other. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I imagine that some of the way they were arranged in the room was simply just a sort of call to specific threats. Right. Especially uh, knowing how Joker feels about the sideburns. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but the plan all along has been to do what Bane does to break the bat. Break Only that. this time he wants to right. break him emotionally. And does. Which is always worse than this. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my theory. All right. My amended theory. Back in issue five, I think it was five, it might have been six. I'm almost positive it's five. Duke is narrating and mentions that Batman dies. Selena's reason, which I guess we haven't gotten into yet, but Selena's reason for running is she cannot run the risk of Bat- of Bruce's happiness being the end of Batman and taking Batman away from Gotham. Right. She feels like it's a selfish act and that the heroic thing to do is to leave. Yeah, like if if, if they get married and he finds happiness and loses the pain, yeah. then he won't be able to be Batman anymore. Which leaves the question, is the death of Batman that Duke alludes to in number five selena being right and eventually they do get together and that is the end of batman could be our very sorry sorry i i wish i had volume one with me but doesn't he also allude to him marrying gotham girl to duke and gotham girl being together yeah right so but she's currently evil well at least being controlled yeah Oh, she's like, okay. I yeah. think there's some amount of mind control going on there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just making sure I was reading that right. Yeah, no, you, you, you are, I think. I think so. Um, but no, like, what if Sir Selena's right, and they do get together, mm-hmm. and that is the death of Batman. And we get teased in the next couple of issues, Dick back in the suit, while Bruce has jury duty. Yes. Yeah, there, I thought you there's were a, there totally is a... kidding about the jury duty. Is that real? No, that's real. Yeah. Oh, like, shit. Okay. Like, literally, like, I think the solicitations for a couple, because I, th- I think there's one between this and that. Maybe. The, the Mr. Freeze stuff. No, it is the Mr. Freeze is stuff. It the Mr. Freeze oh, is okay. on trial. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. It's right, Freeze's right. trial right. and right. Bruce right. is on jury duty. And they talk about how this is kind of the first team up of Batman and Dick, of Bruce and Dick since, yeah. you know, for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just okay. the two of them. Yeah, like, essentially since the New 52, right. really. Yeah. So, super cool. Anything else on Batman? Um, I mean, come on, this has been so good. It's not like I'm going to stop. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I, I like I said, I'm trusting that, that this is a something that has to happen for the bigger story he's going to tell. So, 
Yeah, like the thing I can say is he did the thing I didn't want him to do, and it was still a great issue. So, right. I mean that that is all in the writing. Yep, it is, and the art. But oh god, some of the pinup art is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna reiterate again: someone needs to die soon because there's a lot of like high stake stuff that has no consequence. Yeah, <laughs> that's unfortunately. I mean, that's gonna. I mean, I maybe that's just superhero. It is. It is. I don't read a ton of yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, like the problem. The problem, quote unquote, with superhero comics is at the end of the day, it is a conservative medium in which all the toys get put back in the box, and that yeah. makes it hard to kill off characters, especially kill them off and have it stick, unless you're Peter Parker. Uh, um, I totally or, get that. Unless, but yeah. Usually, people at least die for a while. Yes. And, also, and that's not even happening yeah, right it's now. It's a pretty sure sign that if they introduce someone and make them a very important very quickly, yeah. they probably were introduced just to get killed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Batman's last film. <laughs> we can so. talk about one of those characters soon in another book that I have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everyone ready for Catwoman? Yes. I'm always ready for Catwoman. <laughs> Especially with an art germ variant? Oh, my. That cover. That man can paint some pictures. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, who wants to tell me about Catwoman? I'll go. Okay. Okay, so, um, yeah, this happened, and it literally tells you, uh, like, right on the cover of the of the regular issue. Like, a thing that read really, Batman number 50 first. I didn't like that. Just as a side note, that was a beautiful cover. Yeah, but, I know. Oh, those text boxes were, text balloons <laughs> just got under my skin. It's like, it's a useful thing to know, yeah. but that is the most crass possible way to do it. I, it, it, it really reminded you of like a 70s cover where they say something like that. Yeah, but... Yeah. but okay. anyway. I'm also anyway. going to lie, like, it's also very obvious because of that that she didn't. <laughs> right, right, yes. So uh, she actually leaves and goes to... like I'm not Do we know what city this is? Uh, they refer to it by some kitschy name, I think, at some point, and I did not catch it. Yeah, but, so she... It might be Bloodhaven? I, I almost got that feeling, but then I almost thought maybe it was, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, so talking. she I goes somewhere else find. where, basically, she kind of goes back to a similar, I, I don't think she's, like, head of a crime organization anymore. Right? No, she's but just she, operating on right, her own. Right, but she kind of goes back to where she's going to casinos and, you know, playing the high life and, like, definitely getting involved in kind of the underbelly and high society-ish type stuff again. Um, and we find out very early we see a Catwoman shooting a couple of cops. Mm-hmm. And running off, and then the police try to stop her because they know that, you know, of course, Selena Kyle's Catwoman. And she's like, yeah, you got the wrong cat. And then most of the rest of the issue is kind of introduction to who her cast of characters is going to be. And then at the very end, she kind of follows one of these. She follows this cat person. Yeah. Yeah. We see in a in a panel some police cars with VHPD on them. Uh-huh. So it's not Bloodhaven. It's not, yeah. I don't know what VH would be. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I do see that, VHPD. Yeah. Okay. So what did you we'll guys think? Uh, I like the story. I like, uh, we get who is obviously going to be a villain in this story. 
as kind <laughs> the of the woman a, taking off her face. Oh yes, yeah, that was kind of gruesome. But, it was uh, wonderful. I mean, clearly she is going to end up being a a longer term villain that you know we just get two or three pages of kind of introduction to her and set up for what's going to happen down the road. Um, but yeah, um, and then what? Like I said, we get an introduction to kind of the two people that are in Selena's life in this place, which is, uh, Carlos, who is a young gamer and I don't know what else. Yeah. And an older lady named Linda who like, I don't know if she's blind or just older. Cause she's got these glasses <laughs> that have big magnifiers on them. So I yeah. guess she's like, has to wear them cause she's almost blind kind of thing. Listen, uh, some of us just have eye troubles. Okay. I know. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> And then we get the um, the the page where once again Alfred is the best person in the DC yes. universe. How much perfect Butler shade is there in that page? Damn. So much. It was the best, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Alfred has sent back the stuff she had left in the match, and with the note, I took it upon myself to forward your belongings, as I am sure uh, I am sure they will be missed. Pennyworth. Yeah, and it, it's her Catwoman suit yeah. outfit. Yeah, and not even Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and... like this because her reaction. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not as caught up. I have spent a good portion of what I've read of Batman wondering how genuine Catwoman is. Completely. Uh, yeah. And this was the moment for me to realize that. She is entirely in love with Bruce and that she left for selfless reasons. And like, it was, it, this was wonderful. Like it is truly tearing her up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like she I, can't sleep. She's living in basically a closet with her stuff. Yeah. And I love that it's Joelle Jones writing and drawing this because she's also who did the art for rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, which is the next arc up for you after right, uh, right. jokes and riddles. Yeah, no, no I, I'm I'm 100% behind this book. It was a great story. It was a great setup. Um, she, I think, has the right tone for Selena right now, mm -hmm. where she's at, and that works for me. And I feel like Selena, especially by herself can be really hard to thread the needle on. I agree with I that. I think it's hard to thread the needle on solitary characters in the first place. Like, Batman is many things. He's not really a solitary character. I'm talking about, like, Catwoman or the Hulk mm -hmm. or these characters who right. just don't let themselves have attachments. Right. And I feel Night like this wing. does... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this does a really good job of that. And I think it's in the art. I think it's like, is it those, those panels where she gets her stuff and breaks down and you absolutely believe, yes, she's in love. There aren't words. Like that's all in. Yeah. That's yeah. all in the art. Yep. Agreed. I'll be keeping up with this. It'll be exciting. Yeah. Man of Steel number six. You remember when I talked about introducing a character and seeming to make them important <laughs> really fast? Uh-huh. Yeah, the fire chief, the new fire chief. Oh, don't say it. I don't want her to go away. I don't I like either. Her. I like her too, but like it, that character really has, and maybe not, but it it totally has that feel 
of a character who is introduced and wow, look at this character and she's in every issue and she's always talking to somebody and you see it's like, mm, that's really fast. <laughs> okay. I recognize the thing I'm about to say would piss off probably more people than who would like it. I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. But I'd much rather she stay around and not, not break up Superman and Lois's marriage. I don't want her to do that. I want there to be the suspense that that will eventually have. Like I want there's, I want there to be this. Will they or won't they? Oh God, I hope they don't. That flirting isk type. Yes. Yeah. And it goes back to the point I think you made when she first showed up. What's the next letters in the alphabet? Yeah, the MM. Yeah. Yeah. If you move on from LL, you go to MM. Right. Yeah. Again, don't want it to happen. No. But I want that suspense to be there. I will say that suspense is kind of already building for me. Yeah. And I think a huge part of that is it's like they got John and Lois out of the way. <laughs> and I'll say the reason the reason I want that there, the reason right. that is interesting to me is because Superman is at his best when he is most fallibly human. Yeah. Like Yeah, he can do whatever physically, no big deal. But it's the fact that he's also just a guy. He's just a person and is human and has emotions and wants and all of those things. That yeah. Those are what make him more interesting than watching him punch someone through the moon. Well, you have to find vulnerabilities in him that are not physical for the most part. Right. Um, because just another color of kryptonite's not interesting. No, no. Uh, so we finally get our answer in this to where are Lois and John? We do. Um, I mean, it, from last issue, you kind of got where that was headed. Yeah. But now you know for certain. Yes. Um, I guess spoilers. Yeah, let's call spoilers right? here. Okay. So spoilers. Um, they, Lois and John leave with Jor-El to travel around the universe. Yes. Um, to expose John to the bigger universe exactly i mean literally to and then kind of as a secondary thing to help him at least from john's standpoint to help him understand maybe why he might grow up to be somebody who kills millions of people yeah, yeah. and that's a good example of i think and i've talked about liking the sense of humor bendis gives superman mm-hmm. but the other thing i really like about this six issue run that's setting everything that's coming up is it's not just starting from blank slate i would agree he doesn't just throw everything out and it's also not going back and mining the well for tried and true recognizable things it is and i mean to some degree okay there are certain kinds of threats rogel's could have just as i mean he's basically a smart doomsday okay fine yeah but it really is making it a point to acknowledge recent history and pick up these threads and not just abandon all this stuff that had been going on. Well, here's here's the thing I think it does. I think it kind of does what you're talking about, but he does it in an okay way. Yeah. In that he really does kind of now have a clean blank slate he can work on. No, it it gives him room. Right. It gives him room to do something different, but it doesn't do it at the cost of everything that's Exactly. He gave it an actual story justification that is very very plausible and certainly fits in with the series and what has happened before yeah and that's what think i think makes it okay yeah yeah we also learn why he's back in the trunks <laughs> yes we do you are right 
because was... he gave Lois his good suit to protect her in space. Yep. That was kind of that was that was a clever little yeah yes it was sweet. Um, I am very curious if we're gonna get a Lois, John, and Jor-El, like even like a limited series. I would love that. I know, right? I would love that so much. <laughs> yeah, I would even be okay. Oh my god, this would be amazing if so. The Lois doesn't want John to go at all, right? Yeah. And then when John was like, I, I, I have to, and she sees the kind of that turn that, okay, he's going to go whether we want him to or not kind of thing. Yeah. Then she's like, all right, then I got to go with him. Yeah. Right. I've got to. So she ends up telling, she, she got like a two book deal. And the first mm-hmm. book she, I guess she was already published or whatever. Yeah. She's got the royalties from that and all that. So she tells her publisher, the next book that she wants to write is the book of this journey across the gap around the galaxy. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of her justification for professionally mm-hmm. for doing this. And that's what she tells the daily planet or I guess. Yeah. Perry. Yeah, Perry. Right. Uh, and we find out that he's like, I can't believe you're doing this and fires her. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Although her office is still there and no one will take it. Right. That's a whole different <laughs> Which issue. makes that, that whole no one will take her office thing yeah. kind of even better. Um, and then, um, so what I was going to say is what I would love to see is even if they, like, they never put it in floppies, they never put it in, tra- they just come out with a hardback that is the story that Lois tells, that is, that's yeah. her book that she writes. That would be cool. That would be very cool. Um, there's, there's another little moment in this that was just the perfect John moment, which was while, while Clark and his father are fighting, John is obsessing with, now if Damien comes, tell him I'm in space and whatever you do, don't let him go in the third drawer of my dresser. In fact, no one should go in there. In fact, let me just go ahead and take care of it now. In fact, and in um, the background, I gotta go, see, no, he doesn't even say, let me, he's like, in fact, um, I got to go do something. Yeah. <laughs> he just takes off. Yes. You get a little and yeah. smoke. Yes. In the, yeah. Well, and then the best part is, right, that happens. And it's, it's a cute, funny moment. And, and then, then later like, three it calls pages, back. Like three pages later when they're actually leaving and saying goodbye to each other, Lois goes, um, yeah, and don't let anyone go in, my, in the third desk drawer yeah. in my office. <laughs> yeah. It's like... We we get so much focus on how this is Superman's son, but it's really cool when we get those. It's also Lois's it son. It is Lois's moments. son, yes. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out in this is there is a sequence of panels, and they're like, I don't know, really small panels of just tight in on everyone's faces. And it's during the argument between really all four of them at that point. And the last two are Superman and Jor-El. And the way they're drawn and the way they're staged, and I, I, this had to be intentional, they're both di- giving each other this death glare. And the only thing I could think is, they look so much alike. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which it's, is a really cool thing. It's very clear. That's his father. Yeah. Yeah. It's these two are so much alike. Um, yeah. Uh, then uh, there's kind of a cool double page spread that's the tribute to Candor. Yeah. That was kind of a that cool. Was that, pretty. Was, that was a pretty, I like that page. Yeah. Um, this makes like, me want to read Supergirl. Now, you're talking about something that had consequences, though. <laughs> like, I, like, when that happened, like, two issues ago, I was like, holy, yeah. can, oh. Yeah. It's gone. <sighs> but, yeah. I also love, I love Supergirl 
is the one who ends the fight. She's the one who puts a stop to all of this. Yes. And there's this moment where Clark's like, I want to be, I want to be mad, but this is no place for ego. Like she did it. She did the right thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once they are gone, Clark is all by himself in the apartment and he goes into John's room and did you notice there's a Teen Titans poster on the I wall? did, and that Cyborg is on the roster? It, well, it's it's No, I know, it's the old the new, new, Teen the new Teen Titans. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love it. But it's notable, noticeable that Cyborg is on it because in current continuity, he's never been on the Teen Titans. Ah, very clever. <laughs> yeah. Very clever. Yeah. Uh, so, you're going to read Superman in action comics? Oh, yeah. yeah Which, I mean, already me was, but I'm going to keep reading, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hoped to go to trade, but that's not happening. This was too good. Uh, yeah, like I love the humor, love the setup, love the the voice he's got Superman yeah. giving right now. Yeah. Hey, Megan. Hi. Want to talk about unnatural? Yes. Yes. What did you have me read this week? Um. <laughs> now, to be fair, I don't know that I had you read it so much as told you of your of its existence and let you make decisions for yourself on this one. This is fair. I mean, it's an image comic. It was a number one. I was probably going to pick it up either way. I believe my exact words were, oh, the uncomfortably sexy pig lady book is out this week. <laughs> that is probably exactly what you said. And it is very uncomfortably sexual. Um, you, know who else, you know who else I'm sure bought this this week? Peter Porter. No. <laughs> yeah, but his copy is probably sticky in other words. Thwip, thwip. I mean, there's a lot of Ted shots in this, like, unneeded. And I'm just like, okay, I mean, what am I reading? The writer-artist is Italian. This was originally published in Italy. Yes. Which also means it's done. It's not going to get canceled or anything. I will figure out what exactly is going on here. Right. You get 11 issues. That's the whole thing. Oh, that's it? it? Okay. And if it's successful, I think there are actually like three volumes of this in Italy. So if this sells well, then there could be more than that. Um, Yeah, it was... uh, I enjoyed it, though. Despite the over-sexualized... Pig Lady. It's another kind of dystopian book, which I'm always for. Uh, Tell me about the setup. Okay, so our main character, whose name I'm totally blanking on... Leslie, um, I think? I think so, uh, keeps having these very wonderful dreams about a wolf. A big, uh, bad wolf. Oh, boy. That are, yeah, <laughs> causing oh her pillow my. to go through lots of issues. And, um, yeah, so it's her birthday. She's turning 25. She lives in a world where you can only marry your species. And... They're also not pro, like all marriage in this world is procreative. So no interspecies, no same sex. All samesies. And if you hit an age, which we find out is 25, um, and you are not in a relationship, then guess what? You're going to get matched up for procreation. Yay! So it's like sexual Logan's run. Kind of, yeah. With anthropomorphic people. Um, she also has a, a deep love for sushi, which is what I had for dinner while reading this, <laughs> which was not intentional. And, uh, yeah, more dreams about this wolf. And, like, 
I kind of feel bad for her because she and her roommate almost don't have boundaries and her roommate keeps walking in on her having these like very vivid dreams. Yeah, and not just like asleep in a chair in the living room. It's like in her bedroom while yeah. she's in the bathtub. Yeah. Okay. Um, she also has a best friend who is a goat man who is, who is goat boy dating, <laughs> a dating a pig man and is trying to convince her to marry the pig man and they just all live together as a front. Yeah. So to be her um, beard, huh? Yes. Yeah. Basically. She also has a creepy ass boss. Yes. Who He's tells her she needs to lose weight. It's all something. Yeah. That sounds fairly messed up. You know, I picked this up because I really enjoy Mirka and Dolfo's art. And I was a little terrified of this. About halfway through, it hit me. It's a fable. Like, fables are animal stories. It's not that weird a thing. Right. It's weird if you're a person who exists on the internet and wants to make furry (laughs) jokes about it, maybe. But (laughs) it's a fable. And it's really well executed, I thought. Yeah, I liked the letter at the end. I think having the understanding because I wasn't sure where this was going and I don't know why there's a part of me that apparently doesn't trust image comics to not just put out trash. Um, But I guess knowing a little more about the author that it actually had a run in Italy, it doesn't seem to be just like a fetish book, which is at first what I was like, what the hell am I reading? Well, and the other thing it made me think about was, sunstone which is in its case a croatian writer artist and it's also i mean its publication is different it's like page by page or in chunks of pages on uh deviant art and then it gets collected in trade when he's got a trade's worth done Uh, i have the first book of that actually from the library right now yeah and it's amazing but it's the Mm -hmm. same thing like at first glance it looks just super exploitative if you don't have context but I think the thing both of these have in common is they're really earnest relationship books. Right. And I think that may be what that that distrust of whether it's image or just even in general maybe American comics to put out relationship books that don't feel cheesy and gross and exploitative. I yeah. think maybe that's just the American side of the industry and something that we don't do well because well, wait, culturally that, happened before? I, I know that's <laughs> But so culturally, shocking. that's not something we, we talk about. It's not something we, you know, yeah, no. let ourselves be seen indulging in. Right. I read Sex Criminals. It, like, that's great. And that has a lot of, you know, interesting artwork. <laughs> there was something about this where you've got, yes, she's a pig girl, but, like, she's got the hourglass figure. The boobs are almost up to her chin. It very much at first, I was like, I don't, I don't the very angry feminist side of me was like, I'm not reading this, but I am glad that I did. And I will probably continue to read this actually in issues, uh, especially if it helps get the rest of it published in English. And Brian, do you know who did the variant for number two? No. Art germ. Of course. There's also a Milo (laughs) Manera variant for number one, which like, if you're going to put Milo Manera on a book, this is the perfect kind of book to put him on. Nice. It's okay. She also has a stalker, which I'm assuming is the wolf. I'm assuming that's the wolf. It's probably not the wolf because that seems such an obvious answer, but but yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, no, I I wound up liking this way more than I think I expected to, or maybe even Same. wanted to let myself. Same. How about a star? I definitely got it to make fun of you first. So <laughs> I got it to make fun of me too. Nice. Nice. Astonishing X-Men number 13. The beginning of Matthew Rosenberg's run on X-Men. And his third X title concurrently. I think I like Matthew Rosenberg writing X-Men. Yeah? I think so. This is very much about Havoc. Yes. Who, through a convoluted series of events, was turned evil but got better trying to find his place among mutant kind and civilization again as a hero and like he very earnestly wants to be a hero again he does and no one will have him as a matter of fact he wants to lead a team to to make things better right to try to make up for some but like literally everybody he like wait aren't you still a criminal yeah like he (laughs) he pisses off the avengers Mm-hmm. by fighting some monster that they'd worked out a deal with Mole Man to take care of. And you get a nice moment with Steve that's sort of a comic where Steve is understanding but still tells him, you just need to go underground for a bit. Right. Like because, Steve's like, if anybody can understand, it should be me, right? Well, <laughs> and also, Steve's the one who put him in charge of an Avengers team. Yeah. Back a few years ago, Alex led that team, and that was Steve's call. Um, and it was very much the opposite. Alex didn't want it, and Steve pushed him to do it. And I sort of got the, ironically, inversion of that, where he really wants it, and Cap's like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to the x mansion to try to recruit a team of youngsters, and Kitty finds out and kicks him out. I, I love, I love the whole, he's like, he's like, well, you, you don't own the name, the X-Men. She's like, well... <laughs> Actually, yes, I do. I inherited yeah. it. <laughs> I, Charles I Xavier left the trademark to me. Right, yes, it's like well, I and he keeps well. I didn't know that. <laughs> like, like there's definitely like, Matthew Rosenberg humor that comes yeah. through in this book. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. And then he tries it again later. Like maybe not everybody knows that she owns this name. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Beast is on to him. Beast is teaching at Harvard now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay, is this hug genuine or is this hug for the people that are leaving the room? I absolutely, stark... read, I absolutely read that as for the people leaving the room so no one would okay. be freaked out by a recently super villain mutant walking into the room. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Because the moment the room is clear, Beast turns on a dime. Yeah. I never thought I'd actually read an X-Men comic, but apparently there are people that can get me to read an X-Men comic. There are some Thank good you. X-Books out there. I agree. No, like I genuinely love the concept of X-Men, and I listen to you know, podcasts that tell me about it. You and, can say and, the names of other podcasts. It's fine. Well, I couldn't remember it off the top uh, of my head. explain. <laughs> that one, yes. Um, it's very early, guys. It is. And... I love the lore, and and some of my very good friends are like huge experts. I like I, I love the concept of it. It's just never been one that I'm like because there's so many jumping on points, yeah. and even in this one, there's I, still I, a moment of like you should go read this one, and I'm just like I. It stresses me out. I I it is it, my biggest problem with the X Men and all of the whole Marvel mutant thing is that there's too much of it. Well, yes, I think I think that's fair. But I also think X-Men is the weird exception to my 
comics are ultimately a conservative medium that reverts everything to status quo argument. Because sure. if you ask, I think most people like my age to Brian's age, mm-hmm. tell me who were the X-Men, describe the X-Men. You're going to get some sort of Claremont Oh, absolutely. Oh, answer. Guaranteed. And right. I think that probably extends maybe a little younger, probably a little older, too. I think the the most common answer to who are the X-Men is going to be a very 80s to 90s Claremont answer. Yeah. And right. that's so far removed in the comics from being current. X-Men are like the one corner that actually get to constantly and completely reinvent. But there are also these books that try to bring back that, too. And I think they work at cross-purposes. And I think that can be confusing and problematic. But I do think very legitimately, like, the platonic ideal of X-Men and what X-Men are now are totally different things. I would... That's fair. Yes. I agree. It's, in part, my completest nature. If I'm going to start X-Men, then at some point I'm going to want to read all of X-Men. You know what? I suffer Which is why from I've that. always avoided yeah. reading X Men, <laughs> but uh, I love Rosenberg, so I was I, very happy to jump in on this. I have a solution for you: X Men Grand Design. That doesn't solve the problem. No, not even close. It doesn't solve the problem, but it gets you past like three hundred issues worth of the problem. Sure. Yeah. So then you only have to buy fifteen different issues that are coming out now. <laughs> Right. You don't have to read Considering it. I had to like you just make the notes point of what, of we what were I saying. wanted to read so that I didn't grab the wrong X-Men comic. And a big part of that is like <laughs> I bought and read X-Men in the 80s and you used to be able to buy all the mutant books. All right. And I'm saying this as someone who shares the same impulse and has struggled with this and I'm telling you the only way to enjoy <laughs> X-Men mm-hmm is to tell yourself it's fine to only buy the ones you enjoy. And that's what I'm doing. We'll get there some point. Yeah. I, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm I'm reading currently reading this and X-Men Red. And <laughs> at any given time, I feel like there are probably of all the big X-Men team books out there, maybe for any given person, one or two. That's fair. Accounting right. for taste. Yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah. may not be the same one or two for me or for you or for sure. you. But... Probably one or two at a time are really all that's going to do it. Well, and I'm eating Reisman Gold right now, but that's for a very specific reason. You're spite reading that <laughs> to make fun of Colossus. <laughs> oh, bless. I do love spite reading. That's exactly why uh, I got it. Now, I thought this was well done. I thought it was well executed. I yeah. don't know if I'm going to do it ongoing just because it's not an artist I love. And I don't think anyone in the world needs to spill more podcast time on Greg Land. <laughs> um not i don't say that in a negative way just like those issues are out there and if you have them you have them and if you don't you don't neither way fine whatever uh um, i was fine going to trade with this until i saw that dazzlers in the next issue and i was like i gotta get that one that's least. that's true that so and, and i might the, switch after that the last page has a character that i didn't even know was still around he got better oh he's, he's been dead okay he has yeah okay I guess we'll find out how that has changed. Okay. Like, that's what I thought. And I was like, what? He's been dead for almost as long as or slightly longer than I've been reading. So like seven, eight years now, probably. Like I pulled the BoJack oh, wow. Horseman. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
Rosenberg writes some good X-Men. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I like Rosenberg humor with, I, actually with Alex in particular, it yeah. works quite well, yeah. Who read Captain America number one? All of us did. I did. I actually have notes in front of me. I know the answer to that. So, who wants to tell me about it? Megan, this one's not me because I ended up up skimming it about halfway through because of how much I did not care for this. Okay, I'll tell me about it. Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, go. Um, Essentially, this is. The first real acknowledgement post-Secret Empire of what Cap is having to deal with publicly, of having someone with his face take over the country. Uh, Yeah, so I was going to bring that same point up. Like, everything that happened in the Captain America run kind of after Secret Empire really kind of... I don't want to say ignored the problem, but like didn't have him dealing with it. Well, How's that like yeah. he went off on this cross country road trip and like you got one or two kind of mentions of it. It was but like, present, but it wasn't the point. Right. Yeah. Here it's the point. Yes. Yeah. I am personally on the fence about it. I think I probably more than the average person have been enjoying ton of Coates's black Panther stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I care so much about the fallout of Secret Empire. I kind of got burnt out on it around the time it was ending. And maybe that's also, I'm in a very similar place right now where like the dark books are kind of, I have enough of them. Right. And that was like the time that got me really turned off of the dark books last and it happens every couple of years and i think it's maybe coincidence but like this is just it's well done i like it i legitimately do i can see how how it wouldn't be everyone's thing but i like it but i think it's maybe just going to be a trade book for me as much as i want to support coats on it like i think i'll just be happier if i read this in trade so uh, here's my kind of take on it. First of all, uh, Buck, uh, Bucky Winter Soldier is yeah. in this, and it seems like he's going to be. Yeah. Like I, I get the feeling he's going to be a supporting character in this book. Sharon Carter is in mm-hmm. it and is a sub- very definitely going to be a supporting yeah. character uh, going through this book, um, which I'm super happy about both of those. I think that those are both really good choices. Mm. Um, There's actually kind I'm, of a similar arc to the, the Astonishing X-Men arc for Steven here where yeah. – no one really wants to let him in on any kind of team or project or operation. Right. right. Like, there's political fallout from yeah. what happened, right? Um, I'm super hesitant about, kind of like you, I don't know that I'm super interested in this story and what's going to be told. That being said... I think Tanahisi Coates is probably the right person to tell this story. Yes. I mean, he's. Which gives me. Which makes me think it could turn out to be something pretty wonderful. And here's what I'm probably going to do yeah. is I'm going to. Because structurally, this is also kind of a strange issue. This is not really heavily dialogue driven. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of narration, it's a lot of thought balloon, thought box, whatever. I want to see in part if that's just how he's introducing the run or if that's going to be a style choice through the run. Yes. Um, So I'm going to give it probably three issues. 
And if it's this way consistently, then this will 100% be a trade book for me. Yeah, I'm, I am I don't think you can read just this issue and make a decision. No. I agree with that. Um, you weren't I, wild about it, Meg. No, I'm just not invested in Captain America. That's fair. That's very and fair. And yeah. I read so much and get enough angst everywhere else. Definitely I know I'm definitely fair. in the minority of really just being like, I did not care for this issue. Because I've talked to a few other people that were like, what do you mean? I loved this issue. But I'll keep up between, you know, listening to you guys and uh, my couple other comic friends to see if it's something that I want to jump on and trade. Because I'd like to read Captain America. But honestly, this was just not for me. Well, and I think that's fair. Like that's very. Yeah. I I actually do kind of struggle to stay invested in Captain America sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, honestly, like if there's a character whose stuff I jump on and then tap out of and say I'm going to read this and trade later, the most it actually is Cap. That's right. Um, and I think I think it's because at least in the last few years, there's been this impulse to push Cap into some really dark places. Well, here, uh, here's, and I think kind of going back and looking at Cap as a whole, right? He was created at, a, a lot like Superman for DC. Yeah. He was created as a character who was supposed to be an archetype and was an icon, and that was his whole thing. Yeah. He had to always be the good guy that did the right thing. Da, 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 da. And comics have become so much more, especially the stories, have become so much more yeah. complex that we expect our characters to have more than one dimension. And really, the only thing that really counters that whole super patriotic Boy Scout kind of thing is to have it go kind of dark. Well, and that's that's okay. Yeah. Um, because thinking about it in terms of Superman, like, I think you have kind of what I was saying earlier is true for Captain America too. Like, showing him as a guy, sh- just a person, showing him as human and someone who has feelings and emotions and impulses that are not just let me go save the day is interesting and important. I think the distinction for me is even when that happens with Superman, Superman never to go back to the Catwoman thing or the Hulk thing never feels isolated and alone and disconnected. Right, yeah. I think with Captain America, the impulse to do to push dark is to also isolate. Yes. And I think that may be what tends to disconnect him for me. And I think a lot of that has to do with that whole man out of time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he uh, clearly the, when this character was brought back after World War, you know, in, in the present day, yeah. it was a, he's by himself. Nobody understands him. That whole thing, which worked for a long time. Yeah. But you're right. When he gets ice, when he gets kind of dark or something happens that pushes him down, it, it does seem that he it does it all by himself. And I'm not against that. That's, I mean, that's maybe just something that's harder for me to read. It, it, it but seems to happen a lot. Though. It does seem to happen a lot. Yeah. And also, like, Cap's greatest power is to inspire. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like he gets to do that much. Like, if that were the payoff ever. Right. But that hasn't been the pay. And I say ever. That hasn't been the payoff in any Cap I've read. And I've read 
literally all the cap for the last f- five, six years. Has there ever been a run where, like, he was, like, everybody in the public was like, rah, rah, yay, Captain America. He was inspiring everybody, doing everything. But he didn't, he was, like, at his kind of lowest point personally. Honestly, I don't know. I don't have, Cause beyond, that, beyond that window that yeah, I've read, I don't have any That seems like it would be a far knowledge. more interesting story where, like, he is still that inspiring presence, da, 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 but like he is but he doesn't out feel of it. touch yeah. with that. Yeah, but anyway, that would whatever. be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, there just needs He's to be character. something. It's even like like a good meal, or you know, you can't just have chocolate. You can't just have angst. And that's all this issue yes. felt like was just angst. I need a line of comedy or some kind of tension release something and when i get halfway through an issue and i'm like oh this just isn't coming this is why i ended up skimming the back half of this because i just there's not even like you've got bucky here there is an a chance to have some kind of not angsty release yeah although I, in fairness buck it like if there's anybody even more angsty than cap it's probably bucky so <laughs> Right, but yeah. but, but it, could, I feel like you you could do something. You could you could play his it. angst as humor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could, and I feel like that is just like ten steps back from anything angsty. Because I'll admit, anything Captain America that I know comes from the movie, where they you know he is fairly angsty, but you've got things to balance it out, even in his own movie. And I mean, he's. The single biggest reaction that the audience I saw Infinity War with was when he showed up in the shadows. Everyone cheered because Captain America showing up means things are going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really excited to kind of jump onto a Captain America and and see where it goes. And like I said, I, I will at least listen to see if it's something that I want to jump into. But I can't. I... I do enough angst between everything else that I read and it has to have some kind of relief. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we're in complete agreement on that. I, I think we yeah. all are saying the same I kinds mean, of things. Yeah. I even got the variant cover with Captain and Bucky on it. Cause like, yes, of course I'm someone who ships them. And even <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe that threw me off. Cause I was like, Oh look, they're smiling or at least Captain smiling. Maybe there's like, a little bit of something. There's nothing in here. No. Have you seen the tweet? I don't... It, it's not someone I know, but it's been retweeted like 20 times in the last three days on my feed uh, about the guy who's talking about... I had a kid ask me why we celebrate the 4th of July. Have you seen this? No. His answer to the kid was, because that's Cap and Bucky's wedding anniversary. Oh my God. See, that's perfect. Wow. Yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider number one. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, one of the brightest and most cheerful books of the week. Yeah. This one I enjoyed. Although, we get to the end and I was kind of yelling, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you have read Donny Cates' Thanos, you are familiar with Cosmic Ghost Rider. If you haven't, Brian. I haven't either. Yeah, but I get to bully him. It's part of the conceit That's of the true. show. It, it, it's a, but, uh, it's but in my because contract. of this issue, I will go back and read it. 
Yeah. They've got plenty of copies of that trade left at Oxford. Uh, I bet they do. Yeah. Which is funny because it's not because Alex, who has yet to actually steer me wrong on a comic, has recommended it. It's because I went, this issue's fun. Yeah. That's fine. If everyone took every <laughs> book I recommended and read it, uh, the comics industry would be more successful, but yes. everyone I know would be broke. Um, My library is very good to me. Wait, isn't everyone you know already broke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the sound of me making, I don't know, some sort of cherubic facial expression? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All I know is that Tim went with you and I got a text <laughs> of like, going to the comic book store with Alex is a bad idea. Always. <laughs> I went, I could have told you that. I did not even push him to read anything. He asked me, where is this, where is that? And I said, it's right there. Because, okay, because the the influence goes much deeper than standing there. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> there is an aura of backlogginess about him at this point, yes. Yeah, that that may be true. So, if you have not been uh, introduced, this is Frank Castle. After dying, going to hell, making a deal with Mephisto, becoming Ghost Rider, returning to life as Ghost Rider, making a deal with Galactus to gain the power cosmic, working as the Herald of Galactus, and then going to work for Thanos, who ultimately killed him and sent him to... Well, didn't send him to Valhalla. But you learn at the beginning of this that Odin felt that he was wrongly slain by Thor's hammer and found him and brought him to Valhalla, which just pissed Frank off because he doesn't think he deserves a happy ending. So Odin releases him back in the world to get him to stop cutting off dead Asgardian's noses, since he can't kill them, (laughs) and to get him out of his hair. And that is... That is the setup for this run. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, but it's it's a good lot. I do like that the first three pages kind of go over Frank Castle's life. Yes. And because I know who Frank Castle is, I did have to like really quickly make sure that it's not two different Frank Castles and that it is the same person. And it is. Yep. Same um, guy. So how does this fit in with, uh, is there a Punisher book right now? There is. Okay. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Okay. Um, when Odin returns him to life, he gives him place and time. And now we're getting into kind of spoiler territory. So yeah, spoilers. can we do that? Because here's my question: the only thing I've ever known about Frank Castles is his family is fucking brutally murdered, and this is like the reason for all badness yes. for him. Yes. So when you're given the option of, hey, I will put you anywhere, anytime. And that's not where you choose to go, is to somehow, like, go protect your family. And yay, it's only one issue, and Frank Castle's happy happy annual. Here's <laughs> why. I think there are two reasons. One, that was, like, three lifetimes ago. This version of Frank Castle is not all there. He's not reasonable, rational, planned. He is bombastic and explosive and he's got so many different kinds of magical energy coursing through him that he doesn't a he can barely contain it and they reference that in the issue like the human body is not meant to do this you'll be maybe a little more stable but not a whole lot more than you were but also b that ghostwriter personality has way more control when he's in power than frank does 
And I think the ghostwriter part of him that lived through working for Thanos is the part that says, now let's go kill Thanos. And part of the reason for that, and the thing I really love about this issue is the thing that starts the fight between Frank and the Asgardian whose nose he cuts off is that he had killed children. And the first thing, once the ghostwriter part of him kicks back in, that he wants to do is go kill a child. And he still can't. That's how you know there's some Frank there. But he wants to go kill Chan- go kill Thanos in his crib. It is the eternal question. If you have the chance to time travel, will you go back and kill Hitler or, you know, yeah. insert choice you of know. evil dude? <laughs> An innocent child who has yet to do any of the horrible stuff, right? right? So, and I know you said you were screaming at the last page, but what was the choice he made? Oh, he doesn't. He adopts No, I was Thanos. screaming because Oh. why didn't he go protect his family? But oh, he does, oh. like, punch the shit out of the kid, doesn't he? I mean, just to That's knock all. him out so that he can then kidnap him ado- and adopt him and try to raise him oh, as right. his own so That's he doesn't right. become evil. That's right. He is... I as love this. Do. I do love the to-be-continued page. Yes. Where there is a baby Thanos chained into the seats. It yeah. is wonderful. Rap- it is not going to succeed. I mean... Oh, no, there's no way this goes right. Um, <laughs> there's no way. Oh, no. my God. He's it's- used, like, the fiery chain that is his whip as basically a papoose for Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> and Thanos is clutching them and like, yeah, we're going to do this. Oh I am God. all in for this. I am all in for Ghost Rider and baby Thanos. Going out into the universe and doing random shit. Yeah, and this seeing, is obviously one of those bombastic, so far over the top that you have. You just, yeah, yeah. You don't ask now or why. But even if you do, and, there is explanation in the text. And it is going to be great to see how much worse Thanos, tur- Thanos turns out because of this. Yeah, I can't possibly imagine being raised by <laughs> any Frank Castle post his family dying, but especially this Frank Castle. Yeah. could turn out like it and that's the thing like you know it's doomed from the start and that's what kind of frees it up to be fun nice uh deadpool <laughs> talk to me about deadpool i didn't read this one so i'm gonna shut up <laughs> i want to know how a character that literally does nothing can be the best character in the book <laughs> i mean we're talking about the teenager. teen right we're talking about negasonic teenage warhead yes. yeah oh yeah yes. i loved her she is the best character in this book Mostly because of how she deals with <laughs> with weight through the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. That Do and, this. No. And his his interaction and reaction to Captain America is the best. So uh Captain America shows up and he like uh, Wade doesn't know that it's Cap behind him. And he swings his sword, turns around and grabs his sword and swings it. And it breaks apart on Cap's shield. <laughs> and then he gets all pissed off. You broke my sword. And Cap's like, whoa, sorry. Was it like, you know, some rare thing that was passed down from your mentor? <laughs> blah, blah. He's like, no, it's just a sword. <laughs> but <laughs> So then Cap's like, well, you did try to kill me with it when you swung it around. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. <laughs> so he's like, all right, sorry. I just, and then 
literally immediately grabs and throws a dagger at Cap, and it just blinks off his head. He's like, just kidding, don't care, and tongues off and just hauls ass. <laughs> it is fantastic. Awesome. Like, like it is 100% the right attitude that, that Wade would have, yes. Cool. I, I also super love the shade to Ready Player One. Yeah. <laughs> he does throw shade at Ready Player One. Of course yeah. he does. I mean, every page of this book is wonderful. Yeah. it's This was actually, I think, my favorite comic, and everybody should read it because there's too much angst in the world. Well, I was going to say, we talked last week about all the darkness. Yes. We talked this <laughs> week about all the angst. Um, this, is, this is one of the remedy books to all of that. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Um, in spite of the fact that literally he kind of gets ripped in half or shot and half and has an arm oh, ripped mean, off and it's just yeah. a flesh wound well he, he's like duct taping his arm back on at one point <laughs> yeah because ghost rider he ends up like running into ghost rider's car and yeah. Side and man. i think it's... captain marvel shoots him in the stomach and his intestines are all hanging out <laughs> yep. and uh i just had a crossover idea we'll come back to that it's not on my <laughs> it's great uh yeah. Yes, I like the code red, and she's like, I don't know what that means. It's like, burn everything. She's like, I'm not going to do no, that. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cannot do that, Wade. Yes. Like, I'm your boss, and she just hangs up on him. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to backlog me. Yeah, I'm going to have you read two pages, because there's two pages you really need to read that, that sum okay. up exactly how this is. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll just swap this on Captain America. <laughs> that would not be an awful choice. Okay. Scotty, Scotty Young got Deadpool going on. I'll say that. Awesome. Do we get any more on the whole him having created Batman thing? No. Okay. No. No, they move on from that. All right. I think that's uh, probably replaced with the shade that's being thrown at, at Ready Player One. Okay. <laughs> so he's just going to pick I something. Do. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I do like that apparently Captain America's favorite rom-com is You've Got Mail, which was <laughs> my favorite rom-com until I realized recently that you know it's tom hanks gaslighting Matt ryan the whole movie but it's it's fine it's fine yeah which is which is wade's reaction to that is when he tries to cut cap in half with the sword <laughs> yes are you kidding me <laughs> i feel like wade would be a serendipity guy just for the ice cream nope he is not you want to take another guess what his favorite is um okay uh uh, I give you a hint. Would that help? I'm thinking the notebook is probably too obvious. Oh no, no. The, um, hmm. Think older. Yeah. Come on, rom coms are best in the '90s. I don't know. I do not exactly have a deep and abiding knowledge of romantic comedies. I'm just gonna <laughs> say when Harry met Sally. Oh, good choice, but no, uh, Notting Hill. Yeah, one of the, one of the characters says something about whatever old ass Hugh Grant movie you're gonna. Bring up. <laughs> Did you hear what Meg said? Yeah, Notting oh, Hill. Okay. Yeah. So. Yes. Okay. Which is a good choice. I've never seen it. <laughs> That's such a shocker. I'm so surprised. I mean, I'm Alex bad at hasn't movies. Seen a movie. And Alex also, I don't love rom-coms. So, right. like. <laughs> That's because you haven't seen the right rom-com yet. No, it's because my father adores rom-coms and used to try to make me watch them all the time, which is a weird life There's to some that are okay, and then there's some that are definitely not. So. My stepdad also super loves rom-coms, and I just... It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. People like what people like, that's fine. Oh, but yeah, it's all good. 
sitting down on a Friday night in high school with your father to watch romantic comedies. Yeah, that's is fair. A strange life. That's fair. I give you that one. <laughs> What's next? Uh, Death of the Inhumans. Speaking of upbeat fun. Books. Oh, not. <laughs> I think. I think you do oh. not know what this word means. <laughs> not anymore. Not after last week. Oh my! Word. I've been broken. Wow. Um. Dang, can you can you make a darker Inhumans book? Like, Inhumans really have become the X Men in, in, in <laughs> the 20-teens, haven't they? I mean, Marvel tried very hard, but no. Good lord, this is <laughs> like this is like mutant massacre Inhuman style. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. The Kree are ascendant again and have sent out uh, a hunter to recruit Black Bolt to be their warrior and the inhumans to fight for them uh as they rebuild their empire and his idea of recruiting black bolt is basically killing anyone and everyone he runs into who isn't black bolt yeah until ba- yep. black bolt capitulates yes yeah um yep. i cannot imagine that all of the deaths in this book could possibly stick especially those two near the end yeah, I'd point out those two looked like they were just getting phased out of reality. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe bit by bit, which is a little harder to come back from, but Yeah. Um but I, The I, Black I, Bolt Who Laughs. I got yeah, that's where I was going. Like, I got some questions about this character that shows up that's doing all this. I believe and I believe this because people on Twitter, as they do, were trying to guess who Vox is. Okay. And someone guessed, like, Earth M or something like that, or Earth 2 or whatever. One of the other Marvel Earths. Yeah. Like, a specific alternate reality that had, like, edgy 90s versions of characters. Someone pointed out that his costume was nearly identical to Black Bolt's from that reality. Okay. And Donny Cates did like that one. Did like that tweet. Okay. So maybe it's like it's the same it's the same earth that like Mayday Parker Spider Girl is from. Like uh, okay. Yeah. Alright. So very clearly this character in some way, whether it's another Earth or you know, like a clone or He's brother, the Black Bolt who left. He is he is, and he's very clearly a Black Bolt character. Like he has yeah. the same power but far better control over them. Yeah. Um but yeah. And working for Decree. Right? Yeah. Why are you working for Decree? Do we want to call spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. Lockjaw better not be dead. You damn right he better not be dead. <laughs> Lockjaw, good, good boy. What is it with you people killing dogs in books lately? Now, the Maximus, you know, that's a little more okay. but I mean, I like Maximus. <laughs> Maximus, I like having around. Maximus is really maybe the only interesting in humans villain. You're not wrong, but yeah. Uh, Mostly because he so easily gets all under all their skins. Well, and he's not always all bad, which helps. Like right. sometimes he'll do the right thing. He's like there's a little Loki in Maximus. Where's the Loki Maximus team up? Where oh are the Loki God. Maximus shippers? I say, turning to Meg. Oh no, not <laughs> me! Don't look at me. I don't think they exist yet. I don't. I'm still 
eight in line for Black Bolt. So <laughs> give me some time. <laughs> okay, so I had a couple other questions because I am I am out of touch with Inhuman stuff. Other than I am completely in touch at present. Let me impart any knowledge I have to you. So this very much <laughs> seemed like Medusa and Black Bolt were back together. Yes, and that is yes. Okay, all right. Like because they were apart <laughs> at the beginning of. Like Someone hasn't prime, read volume right? two of Black Bolt yet. No, I have not. Okay. Okay. Oh, there's more than one volume. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. Two there's volumes. Still waiting for volume one. No, I've got volume one. I've read that. I have not read volume two yet. Yeah. Alex says, I know. It's obvious now. Yeah, you've 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 definitely tipped your hand on that. Okay. Alright. Uh yeah, so we will see where this goes. This was, in spite of being as dark as it was, it was it's pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. It was a good Rosenberg week. Yeah. And a good Kate's week. It was a good Rosenberg Kate's week. You know what? We're, I think we're going to dub this the week of Rosenberg Kate's. Yes. How about that? Um, I liked it, even though I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I still was intrigued. For what it's worth, okay. even if you have been reading all the Inhuman stuff lately, this, some time has clearly passed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Immortal Hulk number two. I like this new Hulk run. I do too. Yeah. It feels like some kind of cross between like Swamp Thing isk and mm-hmm. like a House of Mystery. Yeah. Or like a. There's like a clear old... like Lin Wayne vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, very, very much. Uh, that kind of mystery horror. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, here's the thing. In most of those, especially like the House of Mystery stuff, there was always that, um, you know, somebody did something and almost like karmic, like karma yeah. came back around to catch up to like, you. The Hulk is, is kind of like a force of nature, a force yeah. of justice in this. Exactly. But it but it's not, it, part of it made me think a little bit of like Spectre too. Yes. But Spectre is very much like vengeance. Yeah. And this is not that so much as it's like, Wrath. Almost like a karmic, yeah, karmic yeah. wrath that's coming back to, to get you. My favorite thing about this issue is the way that Bruce describes kind of where he is now mentally. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he doesn't feel like he's as sharp since getting shot in the head with an arrow. That he doesn't feel like he necessarily is as smart as the Hulk at this point, especially when night comes and Hulk grows stronger. Yeah. He talks about following this itch in his head and getting these little little physical sensations that are like intuitively just the hulk telling him go here do this pay attention to that thing to try to get him to figure out the thing the hulk has already realized yeah i literally just listened to you guys talk about issue one before i came over yeah um and one of the things you talk about that is that you you like how this isn't as much like Jekyll Hyde good, good yeah. one side all good one side all evil that and it really what I specifically want to talk about is the fact that I don't want to say they've dumbed down but they have uh, um, Bruce is he said you know I'm still a nuclear physicist I still understand yeah. the, you know like physics but I can't like just invent these things yeah. I, my my intelligence has been brought down yeah. And the Hulks very clearly has been brought up. Like, they are on a much more level playing field. Mm-hmm. And I think that blurs that line between them. Who is the good one? Who is the bad one? Who is the man? Who is the monster? Like, yeah. all of that gets a lot more blurred because of that. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really cool. Um, the other thing is, and we get it very clearly mentioned in here, is people have started taking notice. And, like, questions are going to be asked really soon about the Hulk being back. Yes. Yeah. So this isn't being just isolated. And he's not going to have, you know, like a 15-issue kind of solitary thing where he can do this and then be dealt. Like, it's starty starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, he gives his name. <laughs> it's, he's not true. hiding. <laughs> The other thing, you were talking about him going to this small town and following Mm -hmm. this itch to get there and all that. It gave me a huge vibe of the 70s TV show. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Bruce Banner is just this wanderer who doesn't have anything to his name and is just following from town, following his instincts from town to town and writing what wrongs he can and that kind of. So there was definitely, but not. It's not the same as the TV show, but it, there was yeah. that part of it definitely felt. So there is a cool piece of ambiguity in this issue that I want to ask you guys about. Okay. So maybe spoilers for this issue. Um, the the kid who dies that kicks all of this off, okay. as he is dying, he sees this door opening in the ground and a monster coming out of it. And I read that initially as, okay, this is some sort of portent, some warning of what's going to be the big bad, of what's coming down the road. Oh, it's fing, fing, boom. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But also the last page of this is from a perspective that is pointed straight at the ground with them opening the kid's coffin and him glowing green rising out of it. So do you think he was seeing his own future? Do you think it's like coincidence to try to throw us off do you think he's the big bad that's coming how did you guys read that i took it as coincidence i don't think unless this is supposed to be a very short run series no yeah i i I would like if this were going to be a six issue series i would say yeah probably i i don't think that's the case i think it's very possible that 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 creature that he saw right was hulk yeah yeah that you know he keeps rising through that door. I don't. I mean, who knows though? The uh, ambiguity about it is the thing that I liked and wanted to call attention to. I was just curious how you guys how you guys read it. I think I probably fall in the same camp of it is both coincidence and foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, um there was a mention very much about uh, Samson though. Yeah. Doc Samson. Uh huh. And like, I'm so I'm wondering if he's going to show up in this. Certainly possible. Yeah. Like, I thought just the fact that they dropped that name, it's like, mm, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, that would be cool. Anything else on Hulk? No, I like this. I like the vibe of this. Let's... Me too. I, I actually have recommended it to a few people just off the first issue because I just don't know another Hulk uh, line. I, I just feel like he's so underutilized and it's so nice to see that this is such a different take yeah. uh, exactly it's very very different than i as far as i know any hulk that's come out before al ewing is one of the most underappreciated yeah. people working let's talk about marvel rising okay so you read this week's squirrel girl and miss marvel number one i read the zero that came out a little while back yeah i got zero because apparently it's free on comiXology so i need to go for it but i am so confused on what this is and what they're trying to do 
And because it seems like the next issue is also called issue one. So knowing all of that, and especially if you Google Marvel Rising, it's talking about a TV show that's coming up. So I don't know what's going on unless they're trying to get a bunch of teen girl superheroes together. And if that's what's going on in both comic and TV form, I am all for this. It is essentially that. I think there is one male character on the roster. Inferno. Is that an Inferno? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. This seems kind of like um, a reaction to like DC superhero girl thing. It does a little bit. I also feel like it comes out of... Marvel has had a lot of very successful, especially in like scholastic book fair age, mm-hmm. uh, uh, teen girl superhero books okay. that have been around lately. I mean, uh, you look at this, you've got Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel, there's Spider Gwen, who will be on the team under a slightly different name, I think she's called like Ghost Spider or something like yep. that. Uh, you have Daisy Johnson, who's been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. on the roster, oh. Uh, Miss America Miss America, yeah and then inexplicably Dante from the Inhumans Um, (laughs) it was fine but he he, he doesn't make sense to to me is uh, uh, is Miss America Chavez? yes Um, but no, they announced the TV show a while back and then announced this so I am sure that just from a marketing standpoint this is a let's drum up interest for the show and also have a physical book that we can put at book fairs and places like that right. as the show is airing. That being said, the TV show is still only going to be like six episodes of four-minute shows. I don't know. I, I'm really hoping what I was reading was just some kind of misprint. Because um, I am all for this. Like, I love Spider-Gwen. I love the little bit I've read of Miss Marvel and girl girl and honestly i'm all for a teen girl like this is something that would have pulled me into comics younger and but i will admit like you look at this book it's a number one it says number one you open it and it says part two and i went well shit and then you look at the last page or like the to be continued and i think it also said part one and so, yeah, it also says part one in August. So I went, could you not make this as confusing as possible? Yeah, that's um, one of the most infuriating miniseries structures. It's like the the prelude to the wedding issues were the same way. They were all mm-hmm. prelude to the wedding, such and such versus such and such number one. And at least those on the cover said part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. Yeah. Right. Like, why didn't you just make them Batman Prelude to the Wedding? One through five. One to five. Yeah. And, right. yeah. I mean, I, this is still Rise, Marvel Rising, Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Squirrel Girl number one. And, like, there is a, you know, Omega number one coming out, too. And I think there was one in June as well, because when I was looking, there was talk of one coming out on Father's Day that I can't find anything about. So maybe this one got pushed back. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe. Um, but from the standalone that this that I read this, it's a double issue where half is Miss Marvel and half is Squirrel Girl. And honestly, I loved it. They're fighting a, a, a character that can pull things out of video game. It That's is cool. literally everything that teenage me would have loved. 
The zero issue was the two of them meeting for the first time at a museum that Kamala was on a field trip to. I don't remember if Squirrel Girl just heard there were problems and showed up or if she was like volunteering at the museum or what. But like they were both there. They'd never worked together. Each of them was trying to hide. Oh, no, that's right. Uh, 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 Squirrel Girl was their tour guide. Uh, talking about STEM stuff and like each of them was trying to hide secret identities from the tour group to turn around and go change and fight like these this aim cell that was trying to steal something from the museum see I am curious if there's one in between there now because this seems to take place where Squirrel Girl is teaching a class in this something where Miss Marvel is attending as a student and something has happened in the classroom and it's like picking up almost immediately after that, where Miss Marvel has kind of already figured out. And it's really funny because she's like, I'm like 80% sure that this is who Squirrel Girl is. And, and like the percentages keep changing. And like, <laughs> there's also a scene where they both go like, I'm going to be late for class pause. And then like a, uh, a, panel of like processing why they can't like what they need to say to keep their secret identity i don't know i loved it no it was the one i read was cool this one sounds sounds great too yeah it's definitely it's light um it was great to read i think i read it after captain america i don't know i, I definitely texted you when i was reading it because i was like well yeah. i need some fun now so it wasn't <laughs> uh, dark or angsty huh? no it's not dark it's not angsty it's a lot of fun and i really really hope it does what it sets out to accomplish and more yeah. of a younger demographic to read comic. And if you need I do, to, I do feel like that's getting away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were actually talking to someone else a couple of weeks ago during D and D about trying to recommend comics to especially young, young readers. It's harder. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I, I just, I got back from vacation and I'm trying to convince my brother that he should be a reader because he reads so well and he used to love it as a kid, but you know, video games are a thing. I was like, what if I read comic books? He's like, yeah, I'll read some comic books. And then I looked at my shelf and I was like, I don't have anything that I think a 14 year old boy is going to enjoy. I mean, there's always Batman. Okay. But I'm new to Batman. Fair. I, <laughs> to be fair, I read a lot of the dark twisted stuff. That's like, Oh, I probably shouldn't read this on a subway where there are kids around. So yeah, yeah don't bring him sex criminals, right? Yeah. <laughs> no sorry. No, no, I don't think my mother would have. Yeah, no. that. Uh, I mean, I don't. There's always unstoppable wasps. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely things. I don't know that minute one twenty-seven yeah. or wherever we're at is the place to sit here and. Do no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, yeah. But we can I, definitely I figure it stuff, out. I thought of stuff. It's not. It's just like the reaction at first of like. I don't think I have anything that's necessarily geared for kids. Because, and it, it just was kind of one of those moments of like, oh, comics have really shifted. Yeah. Well, and the you problem know. is things that are geared toward kids tend to do that infuriating, th- infuriating thing where they completely talk down and assume the kids are idiots. Right. Which isn't good either because they're just not interesting when they do that. Correct. Right. Which um, I can do a whole monologue on the discussion of how 
anything for kids has changed in the past 20 years and not necessarily for the better yeah that's fair when it comes what's, to books and what's next stuff. next is submerged number one i'm a little mad at you for not reading this brian it's a four issue miniseries oh, and it's very good it i think it's so very fucking good. good okay why why was it good uh, all right. Wait, wait, you want to give wait, me wait. the pitch on this is, one? You want to? This, this isn't okay. Namor with a shirt off. I can off, do is this. <laughs> what? No, this is not shirtless Namor. Okay, just okay. Let's get that out of the way first. Good. <laughs> this is a new vault book, written by Vita Ayala. So, I had no idea what this was, and then it submerged in vault water, and kind of had a panic. I almost didn't read this, but I'm so glad I did because it's. One of my favorite books of all time is Dante's Inferno. And oh. this seems like a really fun twist on Dante's Inferno. Oh. Yeah. It is definitely a trek into hell of some sort. Yes. And I, I wrote my senior paper on Dante's Inferno. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. And there's I love a puppy. It. I love it so much. <laughs> and there's there is, a puppy. There's oh a puppy that there might is, be Cerberus. It is totally. And I just, everything about it, it's. A hurricane's coming, so the New York subway systems is closed down, which I have no idea if that actually happens, but I can panic uh, about a that A lot of times time. I can, yeah. I just, I can panic about it at another time, because yeah. hurricanes are going to happen while I live. And she, it, the main character's brother, she thinks, is down in the subway system. Her brother, on hell. Yes. On hell. Which is nice. so wonderful. Like she, she asks at one point where he is, and is like, have you seen the guy with the jacket with the wings? Yes. Oh my gosh. That she's been the protector of her entire life. And she gets the whole questioning of like, why do you want to go down here? You know, having to prove her worth. And the moment we met with the three Gatesmen, I was just like, no, I am a hundred percent sold and I need all of this now. Yeah. This sounds like an excellent, excellent book to get in trade. It is. It is going to be amazing, no matter how you read it. Okay. Yes. Um, it, it also is... sold out immediately. In oh, my comic yeah. I I almost wasn't able to get a copy. Oh. It was almost a problem. It was almost a problem. It was almost a problem. Um, <laughs> did we did we talk to some people? <laughs> yeah, it got taken care of, and yeah. they were very helpful and good about it. It wasn't a problem, but it was almost a problem. Okay. I could. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a book I've been. I've mentioned it multiple times on the show. I yeah. know. I've been very excited for this book. And it did not let me down. It's also gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just need to have them start ordering more vault stuff because it's all been really good. Yeah. I'm trying. I know. I know. Anyway. It's only four issues, though? Only four issues. Okay. A nice tight mini. Nice. That's fine. I'll get it all on Comixology. It'll make me happy. Yeah. All right, one more. Okay. Vagrant Queen number two. Vagrant Queen. I really dug number one. Number two is where everything starts firing on all cylinders. It, I would agree with that. Number <laughs> one was a fine introduction to characters. Yeah. But I don't think you really got a feel for what this, how this flow of this series was. Well, you had to learn be. so much history. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. This one you definitely do. You get you get a much better feeling of the interaction between the two characters. Yeah. Um, kind of how 
even as a team, they're going to be going and doing so. It's and it's quite quite yeah. enjoyable. You get them breaking into sort of, and then out of this high defense area. Uh huh. You learn all about one character's secret cybernetic lock picking eye. Thank goodness he has <laughs> that too. I as want soon that. as soon as he started, I'm like. He's completely bullshitting this. <laughs> and this is going to be so, so fun to watch. And then it was. It was just spectacular. Indeed. Um, I'm like, okay. He's he's completely a cod man. I absolutely understand why she does not trust him at all. Now. Oh, at, of course. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I like, they're do. both very competent. Yes. Yes. Which I like. It's There's no... One relying on the other, or any of that kind of stuff. It was, yeah, that was pretty, yeah. pretty great. I am one hundred percent down for more of this. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be, I may be getting all these. Yeah, Vault puts out some very good books. Hey, Vault's got some good stuff. Go going. Oh, that's Vault too. Good that's Vault too. And then next week we get Wasted Space number three, which is also Vault. And the week after that we get Deep Roots. Like, there's a lot of good Vault coming. All right. Is it still good? I almost banged on the table and then realized that would have been a bad idea. That would have been a bad idea. Brian. Yes. Jimmy's Bastards, number nine, the fourth final the issue fourth of this final, series. Yeah, they kept extending, I think, because I think originally it was supposed to be like seven and then eight. And, but anyway, this is the last issue of this whole arc. Um, I really, I, I'm, I'm going to break because it is the last issue sure. a little bit. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. I want to recommend this to, to anybody that, that reads it is both simultaneously exactly what I thought going into it from the solicitation, but very, very different in how I thought it was going to feel and be. Um, and yeah, no, this is just wonderful and fun. And the, the characters you didn't think you'd like you do and vice versa. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. I love it. Rocco's Modern Life number six. Rocco gets a new dog. Deathstroke number 33, Brian. Uh, well, we'll start with saying this has... Brian's quote of the week. <laughs> quote, quote. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Damien and, and Slade are in a car driving, uh, both in disguise. Yeah. Father-son road Father-son trip. road trip. They're both in disguise. And <laughs> Damien is just poking at him and poking at him. And finally, Wade sl- he sl- or, uh, he slams on the brakes and pulls over. Listen to me, you little snot. We are not related. You know it. I know it. Your crazy mom, Talia, knows it. The only person that doesn't know it is Batman. I'm allowing you to shadow me because I assume Bats is watching, but make no mistake about it. Interfere with my mission and I will burst your little ass right here. Do we understand each other? That's exactly how I would feel. We are so very much alike, Father. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he just keeps at this Father thing. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I can't say enough about Deathstroke right now. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Wintergreen and Alfred are the best sneaky people. (laughs) Yes. Green Arrow, number 42. Um... Oliver takes down Parasite in the most empathetic way or with the most with the most empathetic feelings he could have. Green Lantern number fifty, Brian. Um 
shit going bad in the battery. <laughs> Justice League number three. Uh, the league really should watch out for things unseen. Shade the Changing Woman number five. Uh, we finally get to see Shade's ex use his power ring. Judge Dread under siege number two, and I'm going to break a little bit here. Mm -hmm. So when we had Mark Russell on, he mentioned this book, which somehow had slipped under my radar, probably because I don't have any real Judge Dread Judge knowledge. Dredd, yeah, uh, I picked up one. Very little. Yeah. After that, two came out this past week. This is a f fun is a hard word. It's I don't know that any Judge Dread can be fun. It's certainly less grim. Okay. Than I expected a Judge Dread book to be. Until you get into some of the like supporting character, like who characters who just exist for this arc in this mm -hmm. David or Patrick David Swayze, yeah, this Patrick Swayze block. Uh, when you start getting into their backstories, like them having their organs harvested and things like that, this is like the darkest version of Mark Russell's sense of humor that I think I've ever seen. Um, it's very good, but it is, it's like laughing in the grave. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, which is, which is all good. Yeah. Uh, death or glory number three. Uh, the first half of this is red glory and Toby's backstory. While the second half has someone that looks like they're from a handmaiden's tale. Paper I really don't know where this book's going, but I love it. <laughs> Paper Girls number 22, Brian. I pulled the wrong one up. Uh, Paper Girls number 22. Um, the girls realize who it is that's after them, and KJ has something she really needs to talk to Mac about. Ant-Man, there are like six books on the list that I did not assign to either of us. Oh, sure. Ant-Man and the Wasp, number three. Uh, uh, damn it, not Paul Rudd. <laughs> Scott Lang. Scott, Scott Lang, Lang. thank Rudd. you. That's beautiful. Though. Scott Lang does everything he can to save Nadia, who of course ends up saving him. Of course. Nadia is the greatest. Avengers, number four. We get a whole lot of Odin in this issue, and it's my favorite thing about this run so far. And uh, Thor gets some good, good green. <laughs> hey, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. Let's just say She-Hulk's got all the heat. <laughs> Thor now knows why there are so many songs about rainbows. <laughs> and what's on the other side. Doctor Strange, number three, Brian. Um, Your very first Secret Wars tie-in. Yeah. Um, so, Stephen Rufy's his companion for only the very best reason. I really expected your, 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 your sentence to be, If I could turn back time. <laughs> Hunt for Wolverine, weapon loss number three. Daredevil finds a Wolverine. And two characters make out. Infinity Camp, Infinity Countdown Champions number two. I don't know how I almost said those words, but 
You came close. <laughs> I almost did something to him. Bad mouth sounds. Uh, the champions save Thanos' army. Spider-Man Deadpool number 35. Peter and Peter and Wade and Wade get to know each other a little better. And Peter and his sort of brother visit their parents' grave. Star Wars number 50 is a trap. <laughs> X-Men Gold number 31, Brian. <laughs> the best spike, spite reading book out this week. <laughs> <laughs> You just want to drink Colossus's tears, don't you? Um, okay, I'll, I'll do a real one now. Um, oh, I assumed that was the real one for you. It kind of is, but uh, um, does he does he rust a little? <laughs> uh, Rachel gets some surprise visions that do not bode well for the future. Did you get the the screen cap from Twitter I sent you? By the way, of Jordan White talking about. Someone asked him, could Kitty wind up with uh, Rachel or Ileana? Oh, so, no, yeah, I did Anything's not. possible? That would be wonderful. Yeah. All right, long box book report. It's a long box book report. <laughs> From Dark Horse, the first part, mercifully, of a weekly crossover among multiple books, <laughs> all of which were canceled as soon as the crossover ended and the, mo- and the comics bubble burst. Which pretty much happened simultaneously, by all accounts I looked at earlier today. Comics Greatest World X, Week 1. One might assume that this book would be about this character X. It starts with aliens landing in the desert. Clearly, because we all know that's where aliens land. Yes. Then you do see X having provided some sort of 90s style retribution to a corrupt business person in what is essentially Bloodhaven. And that's really about all you see of him as he jumps down an elevator shaft. Then cops argue with each other about who has jurisdiction, whether it's the regular police or the SWAT team who get well, to chase him. Because that is the interesting part of comics is police arguing yeah. with each other. Yeah. So they all run off. And then a pair of, I'm going to say aliens. I don't know that they are aliens. I don't know even if they are aliens, if they're the aliens from the beginning. Are they they bugs in an Edgar suit? (laughs) They're some sort of otherworldly being that might actually be some kind of fantasy world because they're clearly clerics worshipping Septimus or something like that. Um, They stand there and talk about, oh, the target is running. Well, that's fine. He gives off a radiation signature we can track. We'll track him later. Then the cops show back up, and they turn invisible so the cops can't see them. And then the officer who was the first responder, but not the SWAT guy, who had his investigation taken over by the SWAT team, calls someone and says it's time to release the hounds. And you turn the page, and you see an ad for week two's book about pit bulls or something like that whatever that book was called it was very short and not really so much about the character it said it was about it sounds like that was kind of merciful that it was so short it could have been worse <laughs> okay like like you've read worse for the long box yes. oh no doubt <laughs> yes i got you um i mean it was no power girl though <laughs> 
I'm sure that had it been longer, it would have found a way to be overtly bad. <laughs> overtly bad. It was just... It, just, it was just kind of <laughs> passively, nonsensically <laughs> mediocre. It just implied badness. It didn't actually... As far as I can tell, the only character from this uh, this event, which again, the event is called Comics Greatest World, which is clearly trying to establish this shared universe. But is it... <laughs> The only character from this who is not in this issue and who has not shown up yet... Uh, uh, that you would recognize? That I would recognize, at least, is the character Ghost. Not the ghost who is in Ant-Man and the Wasp, because right. that's a Marvel character, but the character Ghost who, for a little while, Kelly Sue DeConnick wrote a few years back, like okay. in 2012. No one else in this continued to exist for any period of time. So, so maybe it wasn't the world's greatest comic world. <laughs> uh, no. No. Um, it was not that. <laughs> I guess you get the next one. What? I see Jen. Well, Jen's not here. Well, yeah, but the box is at her house. <laughs> yes, but she can always hand you one next week at Atlanta Comic Con. Yeah. Speaking of Atlanta Comic Con. Yeah, speaking of. Next week on Friday, we will be at Atlanta Comic Con doing this, but live and about trades that we have inflicted upon each other. As Alex glares at me <laughs> and rolls his eyes. I was. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk we'll about save it that then. discussion for the show. Brian I'm so I curious to hear. Your thoughts on this book, Brian, because I've definitely heard Alex's, so. Yeah, I couldn't vent to Jen on this one because we have to save it for the show, so. <laughs> I am, I am super, I'm not showing up. super, nope, uh, nope, mm -mm. yeah. can't wait. The only conversation I have allowed Brian and me to have about this so far was he says, what do you think? And I glare at him for a moment and say, Brian. <laughs> Come on. It's and what is, down a Google hole, so I appreciate that. What was your defense? Well, you can't say it wasn't different or something like yeah, that. That's that's yeah. that would that's what my response was. And it is that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it is it that. is that. <laughs> um yes! so come Friday. This one's going to be fun. <laughs> oh. What are the other two books? Are you guys We don't we don't announce them ahead of time. I'll okay, I couldn't remember if you did or not. Yeah. Um, it's more fun if it's a surprise. I don't think we've actually said what this one is we on, on the, nope, on the show. We, haven't. Yeah. we would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. <laughs> we're available on your podcatching platform of choice. And if we're not, let us know and we'll try to get there. Or you can listen to us at panelologypodcast.com. You know what else you can do while you're at panelologypodcast.com, Brian? What can you do, Alex? You can send us questions if you want. You can. If you're going to be at Atlanta Comic Con and want us to read your question, you can send it to us in advance, and that'll give you priority in getting questions read. Or even right, if you're I'm not going to be at Atlanta Comic Con, you can send questions, and we'll Yeah, but we probably won't read them at Atlanta Comic Con. Yeah, maybe at, not. If you're going to be not. there and send us a question, let us know that you're right. there, and that'll, you know. Right. Those um, will definitely. What if we can't be there, and we just want to give you guys questions? I mean, answer. you can do that, too. Just tell us yeah. you want it read there, and we'll... Read it there instead of on the next regular episode. Uh, if you would like to support us, you can share us with a friend. Which you is can always good. Rate and review us on iTunes, which is even better, maybe. Sort of, well, I mean, good in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you would like to 
support us in a financial manner, we would be most grateful. And you can do that at patreon.com slash panelology. And I'm really self-conscious about my peas without a pop filter in front of me. You're worried that <laughs> the peas are going to plode in the mic? I suffer from powerful plosives. I understand. Uh, I Peter Parker picked to pick a pickle peppers. That's all I'm saying. Uh, if you would like more of Meg and Jin and me, and also Tim, you can listen to us on Minds at Yerk. That's Y-E-E-R-K, our Animorphs reread podcast. Uh, this episode comes out on Monday. The next episode of that comes out tomorrow on Tuesday, if you're listening to this as it airs. Yeah. If you're listening to it after, it's probably already out. Yeah. And it, this is like the follow-up to our our comic show last week in the darkness level, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, not our funniest episode, trigger warning for talk of suicide. Yeah. Also, probably not. I think it's also one of our shows just because there's not a lot to talk about when it's not funny. This show might have been a bad idea, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll get there. Eventually, eventually, uh, uh, the inherent asshole nature of at least some of us will kick in. That's true. And we'll just start whistling past the grave. <laughs> if you would like more of Meg without Brian or Jen or me, <laughs> there are Which three... Which may be the best choice, let's be honest. Yeah. No, honestly. stop that. There are three ways to do that, if I'm counting correctly. There are. I have a bi-weekly Sunday podcast called Judging Book Cover Podcast, where we read a book that is on our guest's to be read list. Um, we're doing a Toni Morrison book next, I believe. And then I have a Wednesday podcast called Fabulous Retellings, where we are, talk about fairy tale tropes and uh, retellings of those tropes. And then I have one called Handbook Podcast, where we read books by bad people. They're not necessarily bad books, but the people are definitely bad. And that comes out on Thursdays. Cool. That's interesting. Okay. And so far, so far, calmer heads have won out on starting any more podcasts beyond all those. For now. Despite my last (laughs) night trying to pitch a podcast in which whoever is on it plays through Kingdom Hearts and then we talk (laughs) about it. Oh, shit. That is the second podcast I got pitched to be on last week alone. (laughs) So. Like, it's the best bad idea I've had in a long (laughs) time. That's that's something right there. I am going to get Kingdom Hearts remastered as soon as we stop recording. So, Kingdom Hearts is, is good stuff right here. Well, then I will stand in your way no longer. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm Megan. And Brian, you should do this podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> this Kingdom Hearts podcast. Everybody, let's go get some Keyblades. <laughs> 